Thank you so much for tuning in to this message in the encouragement series. Uh, we are going to be in First uh, Peter chapter one, uh, verses twenty-two through twenty-five, and just kind of unpacking uh, the one thing that comes along with this—the uh, just some of the truth that God has in- inside His passage of Scripture. So you're going to want to open your Bibles to First Peter one, twenty-two through. 25, so that uh, you'll be ready to follow along. I'm, I'm a margin note-taker guy. Uh, I love to do that, so I love to write notes in the margin to not forget and to read later when I study in my own personal time. Uh, but before we go any further, let's just pray together for God's will to be done. God, we pray just that. We pray that your will will be done. We pray that you will guide and direct and use us as we unpack this uh, passage of Scripture um, so that we might know the truth that you have for us. Um, what did you mean and intend by these passages? And, and then what does it mean for us? Like, how do we become more like Jesus in this and help others to do the same? God, we just, we love you so much. You saved our souls. You have redeemed us from the wages of sin. We're going to heaven and not going to hell as Christians. And, and just the list is really endless for all the things we praise you for. Thank you for this great country in which we live. And might we be a great citizen of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, the whole point of sort of this First Peter book and the encouragement series is, is for us to be encouraged to live um, boldly like Jesus Christ by bringing God glory. So, uh, bringing God glory means bringing Him joy by what we say, think, and do, um, who we are, what we're becoming, uh, to also help us in how we seek to push forward in what God has called us to do, which is the specific method He gives us, but the overall mission um, that he has, which is kind of bore forth in gospel centrality. Uh, it's the point of the Bible, so that people are saved and leave, live kingdom-minded. Um, so, um, as we look at this, I would just encourage you that, that this passage of Scripture is, is built so that you will be equipped to live everywhere that you go after you're done listening and watching this um, for God and for His glory and like Jesus Christ and so that others are drawn to Him and, and, and drawn to Jesus and, and drawn to God. So uh, let's just start diving right into this. Um, when I go to the beach, because we live here on the coast, when I go to the beach um, with my kids, inevitably they want a couple things that, that always seem to happen. They like us to build little tide pools um, where the water of the wave comes in and sort of fills it up and they've got their own little swimming pool. But then we always build like a barrier, like a little sandcastle fort barrier around it. And they could sit in and play and splash and run in the waves and, and run and come out. Uh, the problem is, for those of you who live on the coast or have been around the coast, you know the tides come in and out. So it's invariably just a matter of time, maybe hours, um, to where all that effort, that digging and trenching, and I'll never forget the guy that came by once and saw me just grunting and wheezing and just trying to get all that sand up out so I could build a nice tide pool and sand castle for my hands. He just bent down and was just like, look, your kids are going to remember this. Your kids are going to remember the time that you spent with them and, and how hard you dug so that they could have a sand castle that was inevitably in the next 20 to 30 minutes going to be washed away um, from the waves. And um, I was like, you know what? He's right. So that's what we do. But inevitably, the waves come. The wind comes. The rain comes. Other people come. Other kids come. My kids come. And that sand castle is destroyed. All of that effort, all that time, all of that energy just um, put away. And when I think about this passage of Scripture, and when I think about <coughs> all that God desires for us, 
um, I, I think about sort of that tension of wasting my life and building sandcastles of personal satisfaction. It's fun, and we take pictures, and we remember, and we want to encapsulate this. But when I when I compare building personal sandcastles of satisfaction um, versus spreading the gospel-centered kingdom of God, I I think there's really one that's much more fleeting, and those sandcastles are gone and, and, and never remembered. Um, and the gospel that is spread and the kingdom that's built in the heart and minds of men, women, and children, boy, that, that leaves an eternal impact. We know that. These scriptures we're going to talk about um, is that way. And, and what God really desires um, for us is, is to live a life that isn't built on sandcastles, that isn't built on what satisfies us in the here and now, um, but what is going to have an eternal impact for those that we love, those that we meet, strangers that we have, enemies that come into our lives has an eternal impact for them that draws them closer to God, which, which leads us to the one thing from this message. Now, the one thing is this. The one thing is what matters most is what matters to the most high God. Let me say it again. What matters most is what matters to the most high God. Where you work, where you worship, where you live, where you recharge yourself from a hard week, what matters most is what matters to the Most High God. Should you move here? Should you take this job? Should you date this person, get engaged, marry this person? Should you attend this church or that church, study this book of the Bible, that book of the Bible? How, however you live out God's mission for humanity, all of that is filtered out by what matters to the Most High God. And we're going to look at, a, at, at what the Scripture has to say about this. Now, the, the context of this passage of Scripture, and I don't want us to miss this, is in, in the context of holiness. Right? Clearly, God says, through Peter, be holy as I am holy, which is an, a massively tall order. You can't bootstraps and, and work your way up to it. You can't just work harder and become more holy. You need divine intervention of the Holy Spirit. You need salvation, which we'll talk about a little bit later, in order to become holy as God is holy. So the, the whole purpose of this, the whole goal of this passage is, is for holiness. Now look, here's what holiness is. Holiness means being totally devoted and dedicated to God, set aside for His special use and set apart from sin and its influence. So you're like, I'm over here on God's team, I'm away from sin and influence. But I'm totally devoted, all my emotions, my passions, my desires, my wants, my needs, all committed to God. And then I'm totally dedicated, which means my courage and my will and my intellect and my logic, all that I am about me is committed and devoted and dedicated to who God is. That's holiness. That's what he wants us to pursue. It's, it's Christ-likeness. And the way that happens is, is the process of sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. All that God does in and through you to create you into the image of Jesus, that's sanctification. And what God desires for us is to become more and more and more like Jesus. And then heaven will, will feel more and more like home when we first enter in. So when we talk about holiness, um, that's the context of the scriptures. Peter's pushing his folks to go, look, when you leave, when you're persecuted, when laws are made against you, when, when people make fun of you and then decide not to be your friends, when you get more friends because you're a Christian, when you find other Christians at your workplace, when you find other Christians where you love um, to just play and recharge yourself, in those ways, I would just say, be encouraged. So let's look at 1 Peter um, chapter 1. Uh, verse 22. And we'll begin to understand, because remember the one thing, what matters most to us, 
to you, to me, to this whole creation. What matters most is what matters to the most high God. So let's just look at at one of those things here. Uh, Verse 22, having purified your souls, Christians, by your obedience to the biblical truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So what matters most to the most high God? Loving one another with a pure heart. I, I love what it says in that passage of scriptures that they were purified by obedience to biblical truth. Now, now, why were they being obedient to biblical truth? And I love this. I love what this verse says because it really it shows the fuel of why we should do everything that we do. Is it's for a sincere brotherly love. So they look at their brother, they look at their sister, they look at their brother in Christ, their sister in Christ, and they go, "I want to love that spouse." Better. I want to love that child, grandchild better. I want to love my boss, my employees. I want to love my cohorts in fun better. And here's what I'm going to do. And here's how I'm going to do it. By obedience to the truth. And not just truth as we define it, but the inerrant, holy, biblical truth of God. I love that. I mean, isn't that cool? Because people are like, oh, I've got to obey. And then so many times we feel forced into it. But these Christians are going to God's word in order to love each other better. Um, to, to sort of demonstrate a, a brotherly love in the social interactions of each other and what we call social media to brotherly love each other, to love each other in the moral sense, which is the, the sense of I am going to bring out God's best in your life by demonstrating God's best through my life, no matter how hard or a wonderful life is. I mean, just imagine that, having a friend like that, a spouse like that, being a friend like that, being a spouse like that, being a child and a sibling like that. To go, I am obeying God's word because it's going to help me love best. One of the things that is most important to God is that we love others earnestly from a pure heart. And the way that a heart becomes pure is it's purified by obedience to the truth, which I love that. That refiner's fire of God's holy word. Just helping our heart to become more pure and helping us to love others the way they deserve to be loved. The way that God loves them. The way that is beyond our own capacity in ourselves to love. But just simply says, I'm going to love you the way that I see God model an example through Jesus to love you. The way the Holy Spirit leads me to love you. But we don't stop there. Look at verse 23, right? Since you have not, or since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. So what's one of the things that matters most to the most high God? It's being born again. Now, what does that mean? You could go back and in the gospels and, and read the story of Nicodemus and, and Jesus and how he talks about being born again. But we are all as humans, um, we are all born um, once of, of water, right? We are born of woman. We are born. And we are born into this world. And we have original sin, the Bible tells us, that's passed down from Adam all the way through. Every human that's born except Jesus Christ is born with original sin. We are born. You can just spend time with a two-year-old, a three-year-old, an eight-year-old, and you can see that you don't have to teach them to sin and do wrong. It is in us. But... What happens is we can be born again of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We can be born again um, by God's grace through faith in Jesus that He is the Lord and Savior of all mankind. And then that's how we're born again. 
all of our wrongdoings, thinkings, and sayings completely forgiven by Jesus. We become from an old Nathan to a new Nathan, from an, from an old person to a, a, a new person, where God has just redeemed us and resurrected us and, and in the power of Jesus' forgiving grace that covers over us. So one of the things that matters to Jesus the most is being born again. And if you're watching or listening or sitting with others or someone dragged you up to their little screen so you could watch this with them, I would say this to you. There is no greater decision, no better relationship in all of your life than, than the one you have with Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. To come to Jesus and say, I'm so sorry for all of my wrongdoings, even the things I don't realize that are wrong yet. Please forgive me. Save me from hell. Save me from my sins that are going to claim my soul. They're going to cause so much needless suffering in my life. Save me and provide for me, Lord. Help me and forgive me. Be Lord and Savior of my life. And you can do that today. You do not have to wait. Trying to do it on your own or rely on others to save you or provide for you is worthless. They cannot come even close to how the Creator who made you can provide for you. Put all of your hope, all of your trust, all of your time, all of your talent, all of your treasures into His hands. What matters most is being born again. And what I love about this is that um, Peter is reminding the Christians of their salvation. So Christian, watch this go, man, I'm already saved. That's happened. I go, I would just remind you that Jesus is living and He's the abiding Word of God. John chapter 1, He abides and lives inside of you through the, through the mysterious, wonderful paradox of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in you. So Christian, remember your salvation. Never get over being saved. Never get over being saved. Never let that fire wane of what God has done for you. So um, I would just encourage you and I would just say to you to be born again and know that God dwells in you. He works through you as a Christian and desires to do that. To help you when you are weak. To give you strength. But also to help you to stand for Him in the moments when there are others who are not. Look at verse 24. It's incredible. Just, just kind of giving perspective, right? Look at, we look at all that God's done for us. We look at that all that He's provided. Then we move into this verse, 20, verse 24. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. Now, I know there are people out there that have green thumbs. Man, you can just plant stuff and boy, it, just, it goes. But there are some of us, <coughs> excuse me, there are some of us who don't have that ability. Now, what God's saying here is, here's what matters to God. As we look at all of this flesh, all man-made accomplishments and outcomes that are, that are apart from God, that, that aren't giving Him glory, all that man does is going to wither and fall unless it's blessed and pushed forward and led by God. All of that's going to wither and fall. So he's just saying all flesh. So he's like, all the things we put our hands to, all of our accomplishments fall. So what does that mean? God's will first and foremost is what matters. So he's just putting our lives in perspective. You try to do anything outside of God's will. And the good things, love and care and serve and be kind and build homes for people and take food to people and donate clothes to people and, and serve and be the best employee you can for your job and be a good citizen of your country to help your country be the best that it can be. All of those things that take place um, in your life outside of God's leading and outside of your will was going to wither and it's going to fall away. The Bible talks in countless places about man's things being crumbled down to dust and, and, and being burnt up by a fire and, and nothing's left except that which God has done. Only what God done has done is eternal. So he's giving you a perspective. What matters most is what matters to the most high God. Remember the one thing. And it's his will first and foremost. 
you can't run off and do your own thing and try to do your own thing. And many of you are and, and many of you have. And you know how hard and hurtful that is. How, how difficult and, and how that just tears down just, just so much when you try to do your own thing. You're like, why didn't this work out? And why didn't this happen? Why didn't this take place? And why didn't this go? And there's no confidence there because you're not, you're not under the covering and the umbrella of God's goodwill. You're just running around trying to do things on yourself, exasperating and exhausting yourself, being placated by the barrage of abundance that's been generated and given to you in hopes that you won't look into God's direction and realize how empty life really is and, and how much you really need Him. And I say that to Christians too, not just the non-Christians. To run around and do so much ministry that God's not in the middle anymore. To be so driven to keep all the balls you're juggling in the air that you forget the joy of juggling in the first place. Why you even started. To use your gifts and skills and abilities so that others may be drawn close to God. And I would just simply say, let's just hand all of that back over to the Lord. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not our own. Not our own. Next verse. Last verse. Um, verse 25. But the word of the Lord remains forever, and His word is the good news that is preached to you. So, here's what we see um, that matters most. First of all, God's word remains forever. His word is always going to be glorious. His word is always going to be that of freedom and purpose and mission. So, one of the things that matters most to God is, is His word. It's what remains not ours. In heaven, uh, all of His Word will be proclaimed. All of His Word will be put out there so that, so that we will know it in its fullness. And we will rejoice and praise Him for it. We will worship Him for it. We will give thanks for it. So God's Word remains forever. Another thing that matters most to God is the good news that's preached. It's, it's gospel centrality. Um, what is the good news that was preached to you? We, we talked about it back in the salvation verses, verse 23. Um, we talked about the saving Word, the good news of Jesus. Let me just give you a great synopsis of the gospel message that is actually found in the Bible, which is always the best place to go, the place to go for answers that you need. So, God's saying here, like, look, the Word is the good news that was preached to you. Remember when you were saved. Um, 1 Corinthians 15. You want to turn to that. You're going to want to find this. This is highlightable, underlinable, markable, bookmarkable, whatever you need to do, dog ear that sucker. You want to remember this passage of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4. Verse 3, For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, Paul talking to the Corinthians, that Christ died for our sins in accordance to Scriptures, yours and mine, our sins, in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He was buried and was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. That's the Gospel good news. That's what matters most to the Most High God is the message of salvation. That it should be preached and proclaimed and it should be used um, and shared on social media and in video formats across counters and tables and bars and beaches and mountains and streets and roadways and driveways. All of this stuff that God desires for us. What matters most is that the good news is preached. That people will be saved and they will be maturing Christians. And that's what you see here. That's why he says, look what he says in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 15, 3. For I delivered you as of what? First importance. First importance. See, I tell you guys that all the time. 
when you're talking with someone, you got find out where they are in their relationship with God and where their relationship dwells with Him. So, of first importance is this message, that Christ died for all of our sins, you listening to who aren't even saved, who aren't even a Christian, who's not even born again. Christ died for you on the cross. Easter exists because of your evilness and your wrongdoing. And the resurrection exists for your redemption and for your forgiveness. The hope for your home, the hope for your kids, for your city, for your country lies within the hands and the grace and the compassion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What matters most is that His Son died on the cross for you and that you would accept that free gift, be saved by grace through faith, become a new being, a new creation in Christ, and live like that and help others do the same. Let me remind you of the one thing as we close here. What matters most is what matters to the Most High God. So you have to ask yourself in your life, are you living out what matters most? How are you demonstrating a love for one another, being born again in the midst of one another? God's will first and foremost, His word, the gospel centrality, preached and proclaimed and lived out where you work, worship, live, and recharge. How's that going for you? How is that going for you? There are probably, if you're like me, going to be areas in which you would celebrate and praise God and go, man, Lord, you are showing up big. And there are going to be other areas, if you're like me, because I live in the same world that you do, where you're like, God, I need help. I need to be obedient to your truth, as it talked about in verse 22, so that I can love better others. Let's pray. God, we pray that. First of all, we pray for the salvation of those who are watching. All of this build up, and they've hung in with us to hear, and they're with us now. As we say, now is the time of your salvation. Don't wait for the today. That's too late. Right now, be saved. So God, we pray that you will save their soul. That they will confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. Do that right now. Just say it. Jesus is Lord. Confess it. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And you shall be saved. Because it's with your heart that you believe unto justification in your mouth. You confess unto righteousness. So Lord, we pray that they are saved right now. Our friends, our family, our neighbors, our enemies. All those that are out there that they'd be saved. And we pray for you now, listener. Be saved. Be forgiven. Have the burdens lifted. And they'd be able to live for what matters most. Bring true purpose to your work. True purpose and meaning to your worship. True purpose and meaning to where you live. True purpose and meaning to where you recharge yourself. So Lord, please, save their souls. I know you will. And I know you can. Forgive them. May Lord Jesus be the Savior and Messiah, Lord and leader of their life. And for us as Christians, Lord, as we remember that we are born again, may we remember to love one another and that what matters most to you is what should matter most to us. So help us to live that way. To look at our jobs that way and our spouse that way and our relationships that way and go, what matters most to God in this relationship? What matters most to God in this moment? And live for that. Help us through the power of the Holy Spirit and His guidance and direction to be able to do that. And thank you for the opportunity, Lord. All of our schedule, all of our resources, all of our personality, all of our wit, all of our intelligence, all of our strength and speed, all of our humor laid before you in obedience to the truth and say, Lord, use us to lead others to Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you guys more than you know. Have a great and wonderful rest of the day.